Barbara Doust is an acclaimed success coach and author of True Love, True Self, a journey to self-love. An inspirational speaker, Barbara shows entrepreneurs, business owners, and individuals how to break through their fears, limitations, and negative mindsets in order to achieve outstanding results in both their personal and professional lives. Barbara spent most of her career in theater arts, film, and television as a director and acting coach, writer, and producer. Her search for consistently dramatic and lasting results led her to become a certified Thinking into Results Consulting with Proctor Gallagher Institute. She now blends her 25 years of acting, directing, and writing experience, inspiring people to connect with their higher selves so they can live more fulfilled lives. Please welcome Barbara Doust. Barbara Doust is an acclaimed success coach and author of True Love, True Self, A Journey to Self-Love. An inspirational speaker, Barbara shows entrepreneurs, business owners, and individuals how to break through their fears, limitations, and negative mindsets in order to achieve outstanding results in both their personal and professional lives. Barbara spent most of her career in theater arts, film, and television as a director and acting coach, writer, and producer. Her search for consistently dramatic and lasting results led her to become a certified Thinking into Results Consulting with Proctor Gallagher Institute. She now blends her 25 years of acting, directing, and writing experience, inspiring people to connect with their higher selves so they can live more fulfilled lives. Please welcome Barbara Doust. Welcome, everybody, to Money 911, where we talk about health, wealth, and peace of mind. And you can have a whole lot of money, but if you don't have peace of mind, what good is it, right? Same with your health. Health is wealth. So it's a symbiotic relationship. It all has to work together. And that's why I have my amazing expert here today. Barbara's going to talk to us, and we're going to just break open about the mindset and rewiring our brain. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. Barbara. Thank you for having me, Chris. It's a pleasure. You're an expert here. There's no doubt about it. And I have experienced really my whole life, this process of rewiring the brain. I've gone down a lot of rabbit trails, and but there really is a genius code and you've really discovered it and, and you, you know, you walk your clients through it, right? Yes, I do. So, you know, you talk about living in the genius mode. What's a genius mode? What is that about? Well, you know, it's really about, are you listening, right? Are you doing for you what you want to do for you? Not what somebody else wants for you, not what you think you should do because of 
conditioning, programming. It's really deeply listening and being at peace, you know, with the talents and gifts and genius that you bring into the world. And so some people would call it a soul's journey, you know, as you were talking about money and health and wealth and mindset, you know, there's three parts to our personality and that's the spiritual, the intellectual and the physical. And a lot of people just focus on one of those three. And as you so you know, aptly said, it's really the combination of the three and getting the three to work symbiotically and to understand oneself. Most people are looking outside of themselves and based on their conditioning, based on their background, their belief systems, their history, and being a victim of circumstance rather than understanding that they can design on the inside, but living it is the challenge for most people. And so how do you tap in? How do you discover it? Well, it takes, like you said about peace, you know, really listening, getting into a a meditation practice or taking five minutes out of your day every hour or two hours and breathing, you know, and understanding that here in the moment is where our genius is. And it's just a lot of people are not paying attention or listening or even acknowledging. I was just talking with a client about all the successes that she's had and still she doesn't feel like it's enough or that she's enough. And I say that it's okay to be dissatisfied in your life because that's what's pulling us forward and growing and stretching. But are we really using our genius? Are we, you know, just doing what we think we should do? And instead of maybe hiring people to do the things we're not good at, and really focusing on the parts that bring us joy, the parts that bring us excitement, and really are fusing our desire, the emotional mind, so that we get to live in joy, we get to live in gratitude, we get to live in abundance. And acknowledge it. But most people are achieving and not acknowledging. And I find it's a big problem. I work with millionaires who I always joke that they have three homes, three cars, three wives, or three husbands, and that they're not feeling successful still. You know, like you said, you can have all the money in the world, but you know, there's the fear of losing that money. There's all of these ideas. And then our health suffers and the woods and the shoulds. And if only I did start to creep in and uh, I'm not this, I'm not that, but it's really about focusing energy and focusing the mind. But most people are using the mind that they already have. And that's the first problem. You hit it right on the nail. And we're really kind of like born in darkness. So, you know, we got all this programming coming in and we're just kind of moving robotically forward to as we birth into, you know, I'm here and there is spirit and they're talking to me. And then there's all these voices and very confusing. I You know, I took time out of my life in the beginning of my life on a spiritual journey. I wanted to know God more than anything. But as I came back and still had that mountaintop experience, I still had to walk through the process of my own inner thoughts and sabotages that are inherently in the human nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because the brain is wired, it's hardwired for threat. So once you understand that the brain is about 85% hardwired for threat, it's always going to be looking for the negative. It's always going to be looking for what isn't working just so that it can protect us. 
But we're still transposing caveman days onto our cities, right? Our cities have become our jungles with our tigers and lions and bears. And so it's that cave that we fear to enter that really holds the secret to discovering the parts of ourselves. I always say you don't know who you really are until you discover the parts of yourself you haven't yet met. And so how do you do that? Yeah, exactly. And it, it to me, it is like the heart and mind becoming one, right? So you can be real heady and have all the wisdom. You know, people can talk a lot of talk or truth, but not be living it in the heartfulness. That's what they call the sacred heart, right? Where the heart and mind come together. And my belief, I mean, I really think we're supposed to be in heaven on earth, which is a state of being, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And heart brain coherence, you know, it's very simple to access, but it's a practice. It's really breathing and being in the breath work of connecting the heart and the mind. But, you know, we've got um, a culture of suppressed emotion. So without allowing ourselves to really feel because we're afraid of our feelings and we don't like our painful experiences. So we avoid, right? So we avoid pain and we seek pleasure. But even with seeking pleasure, there's some risk and people won't look for the unknown because the unknown is scary. But I often say to people, what you want is in the unknown. And I mean, I go to the unemployment office, Chris, and I speak to PhDs who don't have jobs because they're in the intellect. They're storing all their knowledge at the conscious level. And as you said, they're not embodying, right? And until you embody the feelings behind these thoughts until so we have heard over 70,000 random thoughts running through our heads every day right, right. but and, and you know thank goodness not all of them are created but the ones that are created are the ones that either we fear the most Mm -hmm. right? And the ones that we give the most attention to. So it's being able to isolate and energize the ones that we do want and then emotionalize. And to emotionalize, that's a lot of the work that I do with people is to drop into their heart, get into their body, feel their feelings. And, And it's a very sophisticated process sometimes because people have emotion that they believe. And some of those emotions are not real because they're addictive states. It's quite different, you know, when you're stirring a cup of coffee in the morning and then you have this anxiety running through your body, yet you have a roof over your head, you've got food on the table and you're about to drink a nice warm cup of coffee and yet this anxiety appears. And I call those addictive states rather than really understanding and, and the sophistication of what true emotion is. So there's lies that we tell ourselves all the time. And I say to people, you know, what's the biggest lie that you're telling yourself? My lie used to be that I didn't know enough. And because I didn't know enough, I was like those PhDs always getting information, information, information. And then I called that the treadmill of getting ready to get ready, right? It's like, you got to get ready to get ready to get more, to get ready to get more. And you're just spinning that wheel of completely denying your talents, not tapping into your genius and being afraid of your own self. Exactly. And it is a fear and it is magnified in the times that we live in because you can't turn any kind of a device on that's not emanating some sort of a fear of war and economics and this and that. But everybody turns it on every all the time, right? Because it is addictive. Yes. And then if you turn everything off, 
which is what I had did, done, you know, 40 years ago, but by cutting off the things of the world, which is the same process that it sounds like you take people through on the inside, right? Cutting yes. those things, but they are addictive. And so how do you take someone on the inside to hear, to distinguish, you know, you've always heard that voice that said, whatever it says to you, you're not enough, or you're, you know, you need to do this more, whatever it is, the fear yeah. of you're going to not make it, you can't yeah. breathe, yeah. whatever the fear is. Yeah. Right? Yes. Well, what I love to do with people, and this is, you know, through my mentor, Bob Proctor, and program that I teach people is called Thinking into Results. And in the program, there were, I had done so many personal development programs. I attended a master's program in spiritual psychology. I certified in a quantum success program. Um, I've studied neuroscience for the last eight years. I work with a doctor, a cardiologist on brainwave frequencies. I mean, it's not like I haven't done a lot of research and searching, but this particular program that what it taught me blew my mind because nobody else was talking about this. And it's really, it's a goal achievement program, but it's a, a program that can help you, it's a battle between the old self and the new self. And how do you create a new identity? Because we're locked into this personal reality, which I call our personality, right? Which is a real combination of our habits and our behaviors and our belief systems. All And epigenetics is showing that environment is more powerful than even our DNA, right? So where we grew up and who we right. hang out with and all the influences, have a, our environment has a lot more power over us. And, but the basic concept is to go after something you don't know how to do. So I start out in my program with designing with people, what is that dream? What is that desire? How do you tap into that genius? And then go after something in a short period of time, 90 day stretch, six months, a year, and really shoot for the stars. But if you know how to do it, you're going in the wrong direction. So it's really about not knowing how to do it so that then you can discover what are called paradigms. And your paradigms are those limited beliefs, but a lot of people aren't even aware of what they are because they're at the subconscious level. They're at an emotional level that's really, it's that darkness. And so when you go for something that you haven't done, but you really, really want to do and you make a commitment, you're held accountable. I have small groups of people. You show up every week. And what happens is that as you start to move toward it and focus the energy of your mind and the energy of your being, then things start to magically kind of come in and appear and events, people, circumstances start to change and they start to change quite rapidly. And we want that to happen because as soon as things start to get exciting, then the paradigms really hold on and start to resist. And when they start to resist, that's when you can see what they are. And so the fear starts to go out of control. But when you're in this a group of people that understand the process and there's like-mindedness, it's kind of like week four and week five. I'm very, very busy because people are calling up and saying that the mentors are here. You know, the paradigms are, are out of control. And then I help people through a process of understanding that really what's going on inside of us, the anxiety that we feel is just two opposing vibrations between the old self and the new self. And when they're going to battle, it feels tremendously difficult. But when you have awareness about it, then you can flip on a different switch, you know, and say, this belief is becoming 
this new belief. And we form beliefs through repetition, right? The way that a belief is created in the first place is it's just a thought. And when you repeat it over and over and over again, you start to accept it as the truth. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. I'm not. And then you start to listen for people telling you you're not enough. You're not enough. And then the evidence is there in your world that, you know, you fail at this and you fail at that and you're not enough. But it's really all about focused energy and where you put that energy. And then I lead people through self-image exercises. You'll never outperform your self-image. You'll never outperform what you already know. So how do you create something you don't know? And that's really by listening to other people, hanging out with like-minded people, reading books, listening to podcasts, you know, being inspired to think outside of what you already think. And when you go after something you don't know how to do, your thinking changes and your consciousness changes. And then as you develop a new self-image, I have processes where I help people act their way to success, the acting as if, you know, because when you think about an actor, they're playing a role, but then the ones that we really admire and listen to are the ones who believe their character. And there are so many ways that we can start to gain confidence and believe in ourselves, but it isn't without stepping off the cliff a little bit here. It does. It takes, it does take it just leaping out in faith and knowing that there will be a hand, you know, you won't splat. You'll be, there'll be a little angelic hand that'll catch you and lift you higher. So it is like putting on another pair of glasses where you get a whole new point of view, right? That's a really great way of putting it. And then you see the world differently. And isn't, you know, I know I get in in streams when I'm really, when my heart and mind are connected, because it is a process. I'm not there, right? Continually growing, but there are times, and I can see it, it gets faster. So when I'm one with the spirit and and I'm like, think it, it just, boom, it manifests, right? And that's how it's supposed to be. We're co-creators with God Almighty. That's how I look at it. That's right. That's the power that's inside of there. We're like this little dwarf of what we're supposed to be, right? That's right. Co-creators. And that that's there's no limit to that. So that's the big jump. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I and I say to people, when you fall off track, just get back on track because spirit will always pick up where you left off. Right. But a lot of people don't trust that. And then even as you said, with leaping into faith, when you do a little studying and you have a better understanding of yourself, then faith is just part of the equation. And faith is what leads, you know, highly successful people to go after what most people think is impossible. That's it. That's it. I was blessed to meet the Amen, and I was always hearing things on the outside. And he told me, you know, take take five minutes out after you work, just sit and be still. But I would never do it. It was like, no, I got to work. You know, and then when he left Earth, I wanted to hear the Spirit. And I was like, you know, in a, in a big grief hole. And so I was like, okay, I want to hear the Spirit. So I just sat. I didn't do any fancy ohms or meditation. I just, just breathed, yeah. right? Yeah. Let yeah. go, let God just and yes. clear the slate. And it was like, beep. I got uplifted, and then I was looking down at those two thoughts. Isn't that how you kind of see it, right? Where you can see, oh, that's that thing trying to get me to worry. And there's that other, you know, oh, that's a better way to think about it. Right, right, right. It changed my life. And I'm still doing it now for more than a decade. After work, I do that, or after dinner. I love that. And I force, and I don't want to not, now I don't want to miss it. You know, it's my next assignment for the next day, right? Yes. 
Yes, I love that. That's an awesome practice. You know, I've got people in my groups that have repeated the same program um, for 10 years in a row. And it's not the necessarily the program, it's the practice. Right. It's the showing up. It's the accountability. It's, at first, I thought people might be coming a little codependent. But then I realized that I was just holding space for people to advance and holding space for people to have fuller expression and expansion. And I was just talking to a woman before our call and, you know, she was like, I need to come back into the group. You know, she's done it maybe for eight years and it's like, we need reminders. And I said to her, I need reminders every single day. It's like what the paradigm, and we were talking about how things are speeding up. And like you were saying, you know, with the social media and all the influence of what's happening outside and it feels like time is moving faster and it's not just age-related because I'm talking to a lot of younger people who feel the same and to be in joy and to live in joy and to be in happiness really is the pursuit, but it's not a goal, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there's a big difference. It's like I was working with a a 72-year-old woman who wanted to lose weight and this is just an example of the kind of goals that we go after And I said to her, you know how to do that. You know how to hire a trainer. You know how to eat well. You know how to run and jog and, you know, exercise. So we need to find something that really inspires you. And she admired an 86-year-old woman, Ernestine Shepard, I believe her name is, and she's a bodybuilder. And I said, so how about you sign up for a bodybuilding competition? And she said, I'm in, right? And as soon as she made that decision, I said, but now you've got to find the competition and pay for it. Got to get skin in the game. Right. She did that. And as soon as she did that, she had her pink fuchsia bikini. She had her tanning spray and she was at the gym at five o'clock every morning. And she can now hold a plank longer than her trainer. (laughs) Now she ended up not doing the competition because the week of the competition, she got very sick, but it wasn't the attainment of that goal as much as who she was becoming along the way and that as she was arriving at you know holding a plank longer than her trainer her confidence her beliefs everything started to shift you know and then she also I challenged her she had been writing for 25 years and wanted a book but wasn't creating the book so I said how about in three months time you invite 20 of your closest friends to your living room and they're going to listen to you read the first draft of your book. And she said, I'm in. I said, but it's not, you can't be held accountable yet until you send out the invitations. When are you going to send out the invitations? And that was a Wednesday. And she sent the invitations out on a Monday. And by three months later, I was in her living room listening to her read her book. And she had been trying for 25 years. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's great. Yeah. You know, it is being right. Right. And those challenges pull us up and out. Now, it was the first draft of her book. Was it published at that time? No, but it certainly got her to believe in herself and know that she was going in the right direction. The biggest challenge after that, and that's why people keep coming back, is that once you become a certain version of yourself, you want to go to the next level. Right, right. And it's so true, Barbara, because it's not, oh, if I, you know, if I write my number one bestselling book, okay, I wrote a number of bestselling book. Oh, I had a number one song. I write songs or, oh, this or, or you do this or, or you, and it's, it's never the goal. It is the journey of who you become. So that that is the coolest thing, the way you said that. Yeah. If getting that, then that makes the whole thing fun instead of a lot of people get so depressed because they get to that goal and like, you know, I'm the number one, whatever. And it's not there. Exactly. Even even in relationships, when you can't seek it in somebody else, you have to be full 
before you even go out, right? In that. That's right. Yeah. But there's nothing like a community. So, you know, you have people around you, people that are in front of you, that are walk the path, people behind you that are pushing. That's and right. And you lift while you climb. So that's really yes. neat about yes. your community and everything. Thank and you. you ha- are you like giving them certain breath exercise or you just tell them to breathe? Because when I got to say, I'm still that way where sometimes I'm fine. I'm not even breathing. I'm like, you know, most people <laughs> aren't breathing. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's helpful. <laughs> it, it's very helpful. It's, you know, I'm breathing quite deeply all the time throughout my day. But if I catch myself holding, you know, it's it's everything really is about relaxation, right. you know, and just allowing things to flow. We're the ones who get in the way. So, you know, but it's to be conscious and most people, myself included, you know, Chris, I was in the entertainment business for 30 years and I had a lot of success, but I didn't even know it. And, And I also was helping a whole lot of people have much greater success than myself because I didn't know how to do it for myself at the level that I could. If I could tell you, you know, the people that I worked with and the money that they were making and I wasn't, I was, you know, earning, but not at the level that really matched my worth because I didn't understand my worth and I didn't understand my self-value. You know, as a, I was a director and an acting coach and I had a show that was selected out of the city of San Francisco to show at the Kennedy Center. And I wasn't even 30 years old, but, and I just didn't understand that I created this in my life. So I was living a lot of my life by default and not reaping the rewards versus, you know, two months before my 25th wedding anniversary, I lost my husband suddenly. Mm -hmm. And that's where my ship capsized. And there's two ways that we change and it's through a traumatic event or a static event or rapid repetition, constant space repetition of a new idea where you just devote yourself imprinting, implanting, embedding in your subconscious mind over and over and over again, the new belief, right? The new idea, then, but fill it and fuse it with emotion and uh, almost obsessively. And then that's when things can, you know, start to change and you start to grow. But I never realized that for most of my life, up until my fifties, that I had been living everything from the outside in seeking approval outside of myself. So of course it was never enough, never You know, and unfortunately, it really took, you know, I lost my husband and four more loved ones right after him. And so I went on a journey, you know, I closed my acting academy, I closed my coaching practice, and I stopped working on film sets. And I stopped the trajectory of becoming the director that I had envisioned for myself. But along the way, I just wasn't aware of what I'm aware of now. So now I get to teach people how to grow more aware. That's so fulfilling. You're living your legacy. And that's what I always encourage people. It's not, you know, you wait till you pass on and to do. No, you're living your legacy and you're taking those challenges. Because, you know, I was with my partner for almost 40 years. And then my mommy left like five days later. It was just like, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, I didn't believe in death. You know, have faith in life after. But I'm still in this level and it still beat the heck out of me. And went through a couple, a lot of number of years of pushing up through the soil, you could say. Yes. I got to say, I've been mostly one of those kind of people, and I think most people are, that it takes sort of like a traumatic thing to wake people up. And that's what's going on, like individually 
as I see and with the world right now, because there's a great shakening that's awakening right now. That's and right. People can choose to be good and nice or, you know, stay in the icky part. That's right. Basically, right. Simply put. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite a concept to understand that we are all one. And that even means for those who are less aware or less awake, we were once at that level as well, yeah. you know, yeah. and so it, to have compassion for the state of the world, it really takes a community and it really takes consciousness. And I think that we are evolving. I mean, look at the amount of coaches that have since the pandemic that have surfaced because everybody is seeking, you know, they either lost their job or they're they're seeking ways to, you know, work from home. And this is like a good thing because it's just more soldiers, so to speak, Right. you know? Exactly, exactly. And everybody helping each other more, getting out of the competitive thing, like I'm the best coach in the world. That's right. We all have something. And that's why the community that you have and that you make or create around you, really, it's synergetic, you know. That's right. And it happens a lot faster. I found we were launching a program I'm with one of my business partners, Tia Ross, and it was called Shift Your Life Group Coaching. Because what we found you know, in my practice of 32 years in the healthy money, that people were just stuck in their mindset. And I spent more time coaching people around their mindset than filling out applications. That's right. And so much of it was behavioral. So we were taking prayer and meditation and okay, now just relax and walk them through their mindset around their money. Good. Good. Which is, you know, we were just pinpointing it around that since it's kind of a number one issue. Right. Well, You do that in a broad, grand way, but it's similar in a sense. Very similar. I mean, anything, you know, like I work with realtors and realtors who have to hold the hand of somebody purchasing a home. It's not the purchase of the home. It's the fear that they've got to get them through. Right. Right. Exactly. Or even like I tell people to buy life insurance or to work with this life insurance agent because I had life insurance. And had I not had life insurance after my husband passed, I don't know that I would have made it. But when you're, you know, presenting life insurance to a client, it's not about them purchasing, it's about them getting through the fear, you know. And that's all the mindset. It's all mindset. It you know, is all around the mindset. It's all, And for everything, you know, it's from whether you're performing on a stage to speaking to selling, you know, or even when you're making a purchase, it's really the, the mindset, you know, because it's the mindset that creates the emotional response. Right. Right. And so you convert the fear, right? You can take the fear instead of it coming at you and suppressing you. The love transforms the fear. So then it becomes like an engine. It'll propel you into a higher thing than the fear taking you over. Right. 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 Yeah. And also to just be in the what if, you know, Mm -hmm. because most people are looking at the worst, right? Because where most pain and suffering exists is the gap between where you are and where you want to go. And that's where most pain and suffering exists. And so, but most people are focused in that gap on, you know, one, what they don't have, what isn't working on a negative past on failures and mistakes that they made, or they're projecting a negative future instead of all we have is the now. So why not create future memories that you want and use now in order to create those in your imagination, because it's the imagination that's so powerful. And yet if we don't have control over the imagination, then by default, the devil within 
within, as Napoleon Hill says, right? The devil within is going to take control no matter what, because that's our default mechanism, because that's where the brain wants to go, right? It's hardwired for that negativity. So unless you're really conscious and consciously choosing, because our biggest power, I believe, is to choose. And if you're not in a state of awakeness, right, it's being chosen for you. Right. So. Exactly. Very cool. You know, the awakeness, I like that word, the awakeness process, right? And it is a choice. And I'm watching the frequency of when that fear or whatever comes in me. If I don't choose the right thing, no, it's covered or no, I'm not going to worry about it or whatever the alternate is. Then if I don't choose that the up, the fat, the downward spiral is so That's fast right. now. It's like injecting a chemical. Obviously, <laughs> you take it right. You're taking That's a drug, right. and you got to wear out the worry or fear for an hour or two, till, or however long your process is for it to go away. But it, because things are moving faster, than faster, quicken, which yeah. is enlightening if you have the right connection. Right? Well, and also it's like not every tool in our toolbox is going to be appropriate for every moment. And then it's to develop the sophistication that this is a repeated addictive fear state mm-hmm. and either you're going to give it energy or not, or maybe you have a reason to be fearful, but you get to, pro- I, I really believe that suppressing emotion is not the best way that feel your emotions, you know, but allow yourself to identify, is it an addictive state you know, that you're just repeating every day over and over and over again around the same thing that doesn't even exist? Or is it something that in the moment there's a car that, you know, sideswiped you or whatever it is, you know, that not to suppress that things happen to us, that we have feelings and to embrace feeling, embrace feeling as, you know, as our GPS system. Right. And that the feelings will navigate us if we allow ourselves to be guided and also ask the powerful questions. A lot of people are just asking unempowering questions versus, you know, why is this working for me? Most people are asking, why does this suck? Why does this not work? Why isn't it working? You know, instead of really the brain is a search engine. And one of the uh, powerful processes that I teach my clients is to ask why questions, because why is a driver? How is not a driver? How is going to put the brakes on things? Because as soon as you go into the how, then the analytical mind starts to take over and then we give up. So to ask, why am I so successful? Why am I so powerful? Why am I so influential? Why am I so abundant? Why? And don't even answer it on the conscious level. Let the brain go looking for it. And if you can stack about 20 of those, get out of the conscious mind, just stack the questions, you know, of the things that you want, the brain will be the search engine. And to trust that, that's a process, you know, but not all processes work where you can say, stop, delete. Sometimes that works. You're no longer serving me. Sometimes that works. I had one client who decided that whenever she was having her negative self-talk that she would bat, you know, like they were flies. And she realized that she was really making progress because she said she'd be out in public and she'd be going like, you know, with her hands swatting these flies around her head. And then she said one day she realized that she wasn't swatting so much. Right, right. Interesting. (laughs) Do, Do you ever, do you ever use the biofeedback at all in your work? Or you do um, it in, intuitively? I do it more intuitively. 
Yeah. And then with the brainwave frequencies that I use with this doctor that I work with, that's more brainwave entrainment, which is more inducting and inducing people into brainwave states. So like I have a genius code that I've uh, written and then I listen to it over and over again, but it also has brainwave frequencies to it so that I can drop down into a delta frequency or into a theta frequency. It's kind of like a self-hypnosis without being hypnotized. That's cool. And then you you could customize that to the person. Yeah. And it's customized to the person. That's very cool. Very cool. And what do you call that? That's called uh, your genius code unlocked. Genius code. And then you also have design your vibrant life too, right? Yeah, well, Vibrant Results is really the um, the company that I have with the doctor where we do that program. And then I have the Thinking Into Results program that I do, you know, using the Bob Proctor methods. Very cool. And it sounds like the brainwave thing would be great for behavioral health, too. Do you work in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. All right. Yeah. Beautiful. It's been so fun talking to you. Tell me, me what too. you're really excited about right now that you want to share with everybody. Well, right now I've got groups and uh, I start a group tonight and another group next week. And it's the Thinking Into Results group where I lead them through 12 sessions. And this is where people just light a fire and go after that dream stretch goal that they don't know how to do. And it's very exciting to me. I just love, um, and again, a lot, there's like a combo of, you know, old clients, new clients, repeat clients. And so that's happening. And then I'm also, I love speaking publicly. So that's happening more and more now that things are opening up, just really excited about that. And then I'm also designing my own program called the code to success. And that's, um, I'm probably going to launch that by the, the intention is to launch that by the end of April. And people can go to www.thecodetosuccess.com and I have a free PDF that they can download. And it's really just basically writing out your future self script and working with a script. But I ask people to identify images and also emotions because the subconscious mind interprets language and pictures. So it's really important that we put pictures in front of us that are deepening the acceptance at the subconscious level. And it's, and also to add emotion to it because it's like people will create a vision board and just glance at it. It has some power, but it really is much more effective when you engage your emotional body. And then I have people act out their goals and put it into their body. And we have scripts that they write a two-page script where we focus on an end scene. And I'm very excited about that. I've done workshops where people come together and they've got their end scene and people in the workshop act out the other characters for them. And it's quite remarkable what ends up happening for people. How cool. That is so neat. And it, it speeds the process up for everybody, which it we does. definitely need. Very it does. Cool. Again, tell everybody how they can connect with you. Well, they can go to my website, which is barbaradouse.com, and they can book a complimentary play a bigger game session with me. So if anybody is, you know, ready to jump on board with the groups that I have coming up right now, please do so. I'll be um, taking a, a vacation to travel during the summer. So my next series won't start until the fall. And if anybody is interested in downloading a success code script to write out, and that inc- also includes, like I was saying, the why questions, those are called presupposing questions. So it's a way to write out a code for yourself. And that's at the code to success.com. 
Nice. All right. Well, you'll have to come back again and when you get your book manifest, the next manifestation, and share the next step on the journey. Thank you. It's been a complete honor, and thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you for having me, Chris. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismiller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.